Turrican 2 is not the final fight. It's Amigos, episode 310. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about Turrican 2. Now, Aaron, this week, we are going to disperse with the usual banter and talk about what went down last Saturday. Amigathon, oh, yes. Aaron. Amigathon 2021 was with us. It was not against us, as it has been in years past. And uh, <laughs> I think it's pretty fair to say, to call it an unqualified success. Um, Aaron, what what were your thoughts on Amigathon 2021? You know, um, listen, every year, uh, you know, we look at this, and there was a time where we looked at Amigathon as a daunting technical task, and that we were trying to raise some money but I mean, it was just like we'd look at it and just be like, oh, my God. And then there was a couple of times where it was a physical challenge. We are like, my God, can we go 24 hours or whatever? Mm-hmm. Uh, and But thankfully, uh, you have refined the technique of Amigathon. Just, I'm talking about for me personally, to where now it's sort of almost like a, a festival, a fun festival where all the different communities and all the different Amigans and p- people even from the Atari side, the PC side, everybody come together just to have a good time, to be entertained and to raise money for those young uh, boys and girls uh, via the Children's Miracle Network. And I think this year, uh, and it's not just that money, the money is uh, a big deal. I mean, it was a very large sum, and I was very pleased with it. But I think, personally, I just enjoyed seeing so many people. We had a great turnout uh, this year. We had so many people that volunteered their time and their talents to uh, entertain the, the viewers and and the listeners and to, and to try to uh, get them to toss a couple bucks in. I just thought it was great. And it's very heartwarming when we see the community come together like that, because we all know sometimes the community don't get along too good and they can fight about various things. But when the push comes to show, when the rubber meets the road boat, when the kids are on the line, that's when they get together. It's a joyous festival and they give, they dig deep and they give a lot. And it was a beautiful thing to see boat. Yes, I agree wholeheartedly. I want to thank one more time all the fine folks that uh, that tuned in and watched us, that that threw a couple bucks to the Children's Miracle Network hospitals. I want to thank all of the sponsors, and I want to thank uh, especially the sponsors that donated prizes. All we did our our, our uh, prize giveaway yesterday on Twitch. Uh, I'll be uh, putting that on YouTube at some point in the future, so you can watch that. You can watch the excitement. Uh, congratulations to all of our winners. If you are a winner, you have already been notified, and you've already everybody was very quick to to tell me that, yes, they did want the prize, and here is my address. <laughs> it's funny how that works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, and so thank you to uh, you know everybody. Uh, you know, a couple of people that I forgot to thank on Amigathon itself that I, I, w- I really want to take the time to thank now are Rob Flack O'Hara for designing sort of the template for the Amigathon streaming yeah. background. Uh, he, he sort of led the charge with that. Uh, and I thank you, Rob, for that. And also Duncan Styles for producing our uh, Amigathon intro video, which I used again uh, yesterday before the prize drawing. That was an incredible, uh, an incredible animated uh, intro there, at Duncan. So thank you to Rob and Duncan yeah. for for doing some work behind the scenes. Yeah, I don't want to. You know, I, 
mentioned him on the uh, on the stream, but I want to just a quick one more quick shout out to our good buddy Dreamcatcher, who sort of came up with the whole charity event I did back in the day. I actually got a message from Dreamcatcher. I, I dropped him a note on one of his videos, and he did write back and he said uh, uh, it was good to hear from us. And he said this was a fantastic achievement. Congratulations! Amigathon keeps getting bigger and better each year. And he also said uh, uh, he did watch. Uh, at least some of me thought so that was nice. So a big shout out to DK as well, and, and to everybody. I mean, a lot of people. This was not. This was a multi man job. That's for sure. We had a lot of people uh, giving a lot of their time. I was lucky enough, boat, and I think you got at least cut some. I got to catch most of the streams after mm -hmm. uh, the main bulk of the show, the twelve hours, and that was a, that was a lot of fun too. In fact, I even came back and kicked in with the team speaking regulars as long as I could stay up before I finally fell apart <laughs> uh, for some city heroes. But it was a lot of fun. There was a lot of uh, good stuff there with Rob uh, and uh, uh, Steel Rat when they did their thing. They were very amusing. And I got to mm. say, big shout out to big St to Stevie Stroh and L. Curtis Boyle. Their segment was very entertaining. Our buddy David Z. David Z picked, I don't know if you caught any of his stream, but I got to talk about it, Boat. Okay. At the very beginning, he was covering games that sort of took us apart on previous Amigathons. Mm. And the first thing he loaded up was it came from the desert. Oh and, I, and I did say, I said, boy, that's the one. <laughs> but So he started the game and he was talking to people about how you played it. And instantly, he'd been playing the game for two seconds. His whole house was on fire. I was like, <laughs> I was like that's it. That's I remember. And then I caught Mr. Cola's stream. Cola is a pro, as you know, Boat. Mm -hmm. He's a, he's a real stud. It was great to watch him work. And then we finished off the Team Speaker regulars. Those boys really stepped up their game. And we had a real good time playing some uh, City of Heroes uh, during that, the, the lagging ending parts of the thing. So overall, just a, uh, it was a good time all around. And amazingly, no one... Nothing exploded. There were no meltdowns. We didn't have to return equipment, go buy new equipment. It all just sort of fell into place. So that yeah. that was gratifying as well on a technical level. So yes. you should be commended, but well done. Well, yes. I, uh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, so with all that said, the you have uh, taken it upon yourself, Aaron, to... Uh, to split some of this stuff up, right? Some of the different segments of Amigathon. Yeah, let me, uh, I should probably just quickly explain uh, how it's going to go down. So, as you know, if you watched uh, any or all of the uh, first 12 hours, uh, a, a lot of the guests uh, have already posted their segments as part of their channel. Our, our good buddy Doug Tenmark, he posted his uh, segment already on his channel. Control Art Reese has posted his segment on his channel. Dan's, uh, contribution was sort of like a highlight of his channel so you can pretty much go check out his channel so i probably am not going oh, oh kim justice uh i don't know if she posted hers or not. i don't think she did so we might do that one but anything that's already been posted we probably won't repost and i'll keep me and boat talked about it we can't really see any reason since they've already put it out as their as their weekly event i don't want to mm -hmm. try to step on their toes on that right uh i've i've got all the entire event on the hard drive here so i'm going to be splitting it up most of it will probably be host segments uh, we will, there, and plus a few other things that don't get posted outside of the uh, Amigos, we'll put those up, like Bill's segment, for example, afraid of putting that up. So I'll start divvying that up and putting it up in the coming in the coming weeks. This isn't going to be a thing where we stretch it out for like 10 years like usual. We'll probably get it all up sometime in the next uh, month or two, Boat. All right. That sounds good, man. That sounds great. I look forward to seeing, reliving the memories, especially the epic match of the game's summer edition <laughs> that we played. <laughs> that was... Uh... <laughs> 
That was one of the funniest things. That whole segment was one of the funniest things. It's that stuff you can't you can't beg for that kind of action. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with all of us there. I love that. I'll never forever forget that. So much fun. Now, Aaron, it's been a couple weeks since we've done the news, since we didn't have a show last week. So we have a couple stories to talk about this week. You want to kick it on over to the yes, robot? Yes, sir. Let's fire it up. News. All right. Kicking things off, Aaron, there is a new game that is debuting this coming Saturday at 9 a.m. UK time. And that game, Aaron, is Turbo Tomato. Oh, okay. So this is a game that has been published by Bitmap Soft. They're one of you know one of the big publishers in uh, newly released Amiga titles, as well as other things. It's developed by Nivrig Games, and this is kind of a neat concept. Uh, it's described here on Indie Retro News as a highly explosive arena battle game. Okay, and all you need is an Amiga 500. So this isn't one of those games that you need a really jacked up Amiga to play. What you do, I w- watch the video of this thing. What you do is you run around. You're a tomato. Your friend's a, uh, a, a a tomato. I think that you're a red tomato and your friend is a green tomato. And you run around and basically just try and blow each other up and also some, uh, whatever else is in your path. Uh, so uh, it, that sounds like a good time to me. I'm a big fan of, of these sorts of you know party type casual, just run around, blow stuff up, have fun type games. So uh, Aaron, have you checked this thing out? I'm looking at it now. It's funny. At first, I thought it was just like a sequel to Bill's Tomato Game. Oh, <laughs> I was like, oh boy. But yeah. I will say this looks like this looks like a, a bomber man for dummy here because they mm-hmm. just took. It looks like they just got rid of maze and you just go around slamming bombs in each other, and that's yeah. the game. That yeah. might be pretty good, but that might be fun. I agree. I agree. So I will definitely check this out uh, as we get more uh, as, as different versions come out. I don't know if this is going to be available as a let's look at the website here. Um, I, you know, I believe that this is this is the usual stick where you've got the, uh, the the digital edition. You've got the box edition and so on. Box um, looks nice, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm looking to see. It doesn't look like oh, because it's not going to be released until yeah, the thirtieth. There's nothing so. out here yet. But um, you know, I imagine Bitmap Soft doesn't tend to you know charge uh, too terribly much for their their physical edition. So I wouldn't I wouldn't worry. I wouldn't worry if you're interested in picking this thing up. Yeah, so. I don't see I don't see a uh, I don't see a price listed. So we'll just have to see what happens. But the box looks great, and it will definitely stand out amongst your collection. It is tomato red. <laughs> Absolutely. Sure. Including the disc. The disc also yeah. tomato red. Yes, so. yes. All right, Aaron. Now, this next story isn't directly Amiga related, but it will be of interest to everybody who is into the retro scene. Uh, the one and only RMC Neil has uh, launched a new Kickstarter in the hopes of trying to get his computer museum out the door. You know, he's come so far and he just needs one final financial push to kind of put things over the edge to make everything exactly as he wants it to be. So what he's done is he's teamed up with renowned Amiga artist Stu Cambridge uh, and uh, to develop a retro coloring book. Uh, this is basically uh, it's, it's models of uh, both the interior and exterior of many classic computers from our youth. Now, these are this is an, uh, an unauthorized uh, book. They, they do not have the blessing of Sinclair, Apple, etc. So what they've done is they've cleverly 
changed the logos on these machines <laughs> to say things like RMC instead of ZX. So it's RMC ZX on it. Um, pretty, pretty clever. And, um, and uh, you know, I've got to say, this is this is is somebody who has sort of dabbled in what they call adult coloring books. You know, which it sounds sort of vulgar, but it's it's actually just you know coloring books that aren't for five year olds. Sure, uh, it this, is. This looks like uh, this looks like a winner. This looks like a winner. What do you think about this thing, Aaron? Well, let me tell you something right now. Uh, Neil, Neil was if he's trying to fund this, and I watched the video that he put out just today as we filmed this. I watched a video of, of him working on the on the cave there, the new cave. Mm. And if if this was if this money was meant to put him over the top, he can go out and buy several auxiliary caves. Put this <laughs> in because they blew past the goal. They've already tripled up on the goal mm-hmm. uh, of this thing. They're raising the big money with these with these coloring books. A simple concept. I believe the artist in this worked for Sensible Software, by the way. Uh, uh, back in the day. That's right. That's right. Uh, and so, but it, it, listen, I was talking to my buddy at work about this. I'm like, I'm like, look at this. Look at this. Look how much money has been raised with these coloring books. Listen, coloring books are a thing, a mm-hmm. weird thing. I was telling him, I've got a Mothman coloring book. I got a cryptozoology coloring book that we've picked up. People get, get a big kick out of these things. And this, and to, you know, <laughs> listen, Neil has the golden touch. This was a smart idea. He brought on a talented dude. And it's a bang bang operation. So, uh, and also Neil said that our, during the show, he said you could actually, you can. This will come with a thing where you could knock off as many copies of it as you want. It'll come with a code or whatever, so you can just print off the pages. You don't have to actually write in the original book once you got it. Yeah, and so, this is this is very reasonable. Uh, you can get the physical copy of this coloring book for only ten bucks, about fourteen bucks. So uh, that, that I, I find that to be quite reasonable. And then if you just want the the digital edition that you can just print out, that's only eight pounds. And so, uh, you know, th- this is a and of course, all like you said, all the physical copies come with that digital code, too. And like, um, you know, as, as we keep driving home, this project is to, you know, support building the retro computer exhibition at the cave. I'm going to try and get over there as soon as I can, as soon as all this stuff is over with and it's a little bit easier to travel overseas. Uh, I, I'm desperate to see what this cave, what the new cave looks like and to play around with all the goodies he's got in there. Yeah, I mean, I think I'll tell you, if the kid said, Dad, I need a $10 coloring book, I'd, I'd tell him to jump in a lake. However... It, there, it's not like I can run out and get the retro computer coloring book. It's a one of a kind. Plus, you're supporting the big man, and uh, hopefully, between this and whatever else he needs, he can get that secret arcade put together, which I'm interested in uh, seeing him put in. So, yeah, it's good stuff, Neil. He, he's he's the man with the plan, and this was a very clever idea to get his glass cases and whatever else he needs. I think he'll be in good shape for casing up all of his artifacts after this thing closes. And oh, by the way, as of the filming of this, it's still got 18 days to go. Mm-hmm. So good grief. Who knows uh, uh, how much money is going to be raised when uh, when the end draws. Uh, but I'd say it'll be a pretty good chunk. Folks. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, getting back into our gaming news, Aaron. Uh, this is another story from our, our buddy, also Neil, different Neil at Indie Retro News. Um 
this is a game called Box 4. Now this is this is incredibly confusing because the name of the publisher is Lemming 880s. That so is. So you look at that and you think, "Oh, it must be a Lemmings game." That's what I thought. First, <laughs> that's exactly what I thought. Right. But it's not. Uh Box is a platforming game. It kind of reminds me of Fez. Did you ever play Fez on the old Xbox the 360? The highly touted uh, indie game that right. you're talking about, right? Yeah. Right. Uh, and so uh, this is a game that's developed in the Scorpion engine. Uh, and uh, it looks like the, um, oh, I see both of the former games were developed by Backbone, with, with Backbone, but now he's moved on to the Scorpion engine, which I guess is, is a better engine for this tor- this type of game. Uh, I, I checked out the video of this. It looks pretty good. It looks pretty good. Uh, it doesn't say what you need, what kind of Amiga you, uh, you need to run this thing. I, I know that I, I believe that the Scorpion engine games sometimes are kind of hardware intensive, but, uh, but don't let that stop you. Cause who doesn't have, you know, great emulators and stuff right now. Um, right now, uh, this is just in its early phases. I believe that this video is, is the first kind of uh, teaser, uh, uh, of, of what's to come. But this type of game is right up my alley. You know, it's a, it's a bright, beautiful, good-sounding, good-looking platformer, and uh, and I'm eager to check it out. It's got that sort of uh, glossy look to it that we've seen on a couple other games. I mean, and, and I mean this in a good way, uh, just the way the platforms are set up. Uh, it's it's hard to judge exactly what this game is going to be by watching the video. So what we'll to find out? But yeah, for something that's in its early stages, it looks it looks like he's well on his way. Yeah, absolutely. All right. And uh, before we move on to our game, we need to talk a little bit about our Retro Rewind pick of the week. Yeah, it's an easy one, Boat. <laughs> yeah. As we said before, you know, Retro Rewind, mega sponsor, sponsor of the decade of Amigathon. Uh, they they contributed financially uh, out the wazoo, as it were. And uh, we're proud that they are now offering this new service. So up until this point, you could always order cap kits and stuff from Frank and the gang. But now, if you've got a little shakiness in your hands, if you don't feel quite confident enough to open up your invaluable hardware and go to work on it yourself why not let the pros do it why not let the pros do it frank and the team at retro rewind are offering a complete recap service for all types of amiga whether you've got a 1000 a cd32 a 4000t whatever you've got they will recap it for you and you know they'll do a good job because they use nothing but the best quality tools and they've got guys working there that know what's up uh, their recap service starts at around $45. The page right now we've got up is the CD32. That's 54 bucks. That's a small price to pay for peace of mind. Don't you think, Aaron? Let me tell you something. All right. I knew that they had started a recap service. This is the shoot, by the way, but I'm going into business here. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I knew a lot of people were interested in getting their stuff recapped. Okay. I am stunned at the... Uh, uh, at the very competitive price that's been set for these recaps, okay? Mm. I literally took a double take when we went to this page. These are ludicrously low prices for (laughs) recapping. And I will be sending out my machines in post-haste before (laughs) Frank comes to his senses because that is unbelievably inexpensive for recapping. I... (laughs) If you consider, especially now, listen. You know, a lot of people. There's a lot of people in Europe recap and stuff. But if you're here in the in the in the North America, you're boned. There's no, mm-hmm. they know what to help you. There's very few places that'll do this. Right. I this is a a bargain on any on any continent boat. Uh, I urge you to uh, consider 
uh, Retro Rewind for your recap. He needs. I, I really, I'm flabbergasted at, at the uh, at the budgetary uh, fourth with the amazing low price of doing this stuff. I mean, a CD32. If you're not looking, if you're listening on, uh, on your audio, CD32 recap here, fifty four dollars plus, of course, the cost of shipping of the board. But I mean, that's a steal, boat. That yeah. is a steal right yeah. there. So my God, I can't believe that. So yes. This is a ringing endorsement for this service, which I will be taking part of myself. Very good. And if the, here's the best part. Yeah. Say that you're 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 all in. You know, you I'm in. Four, you want to pay forty five bucks, which is a pittance. Let's be honest for the amount of work that's going to go into one of these recaps. Forty eight. You can bucks. save ten percent on top of that by using the promo code Amigos ten at checkout. Don't forget to use that promo code. Save ten percent off any order. We thank RetroRewind.ca for sponsoring Amigos. Absolutely, and thanks again for all they did uh, during the Amigathon. A big spender during Amigathon. We appreciate it. Yes. All right, Aaron. It's time. Let's talk. Let's take a second look, shall we, at Turrican Two? Okie dokie, Boatster. Now, uh, I wanted. You know, I told Boat, and Boat mocked me, but I'm going to mention it again anyway. Normally, when we do these uh, these uh, rewinds back to our previous shows, I will catch a small amount of the previous show, and then I recoil in horror <laughs> at how bad they are and run, run like the wind. But this one I actually sat down and listened to because uh, I had had a personal breakthrough with this game this week, and I wanted to see how I covered it before. And I did notice that this was episode 18, Boats. This, is, this was our well into our first uh, go-around. That uh, was that first year, probably. I can't imagine the month, and then, but this is the episode where we were joined by Sven from Cinemaware. Yeah, so I want to say this is probably February 2016. Yeah, this was a very famous episode. It sticks out of my head, and what I really enjoyed about it was Boat getting Sven to help him with the pronunciations of all the artists, right? That, which was great, <laughs> and, and Sven actually uh, uh, threw in a lot of tidbits here, so that was fun. I, we we should you should get spin back on the show someday, buddy. I'd love real, to. I'd real love nice to have guy. him back on. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, let's flash forward to today. Uh, Turrican two, the final fight boat. Uh, this came out uh, in on the Amiga in ninety one uh, on your disc, published by Rainbow Arts, and developed by Factor Five. Mm-hmm. Uh, Factor Five has a pretty darn good track record with me and you, boat. Uh, yeah, at they least do. they've got a couple winners here. Um, they they didn't they didn't publish a ton on the Amiga, but amongst the things they published, there were a couple big time winners. They did uh, uh, BC Kid, which we mm-hmm. both enjoyed quite a bit. Uh, Denarius, uh, uh, Catechus. They did R Type, and then which is another one that we liked and looked at. And then here's one that we've got to check out, Boatster. Tony and Friends in Kellogg Land. That's it's like a winner to me. Oh well, yeah, I mean Tony it, the Tiger. Yeah, Tony the Tiger. I, I bet you know that's probably pretty good. Yeah, and of course they also developed all all the Turricans and all the CDTV versions. Now, I should mention that Turrican Two also appeared as a CDTV title, and I would wager probably one of the best. Having <laughs> yes. ventured into the realm of CDTV, and since they they released CDTV versions of one and two, I'm assuming that they sold pretty well on the uh, on the thing there. Uh, just a quick shout out. There's a huge staff that worked on this for Factor Five, uh, but. Uh, game designed by Manfred Trentz, Andreas Escher, uh, Holger Smith, and Julian Egbrick. And uh, the uh, music on this, famously done by Chris Hulsbeck, who, mm-hmm. uh, amongst other things, did the music of Monkey Island, a huge 
double double wide megastar. Uh, and the music for this has gone on to be ultra. Is this the most famous music on the Amiga? I would say yes. Yeah. Uh, for yeah. this game, and it's been go- it's gone on to be performed by orchestras, released multiple times on various uh, media. Uh, a huge banner score uh, for Hulesbeck, and it's funny, but we were so early in the game, neither one of us knew who he was. <laughs> that was embarrassing Hulesbeck. too. What? Because you, yeah, I, I, well, I remember. I definitely remember. He's had at least one Kickstarter, possibly two, uh, with putting his putting the soundtrack for Turk and Tube and probably other things onto vinyl and things like that. So. Here's the here's the facts. Hulesbeck is, is the is the Mac Daddy of Amiga tunage. And it's yeah. not just because he could crank out a good tune. He was working with seven voice, crazy. He, he, he was writing his own routines yeah. so he could fit extra channels in. He was yeah. horking stuff for the ST to get it to work. It's crazy mm-hmm. time all the time. So the music on this, it didn't just show up. Like this guy had to work for it. That's what makes it better. Uh, this was the ECS OCS game boat, so you can rant on about that uh, if you want. There's no AGA. Involved. I don't rant about ECS OCS at all. No, ECS I'm talking OCS about you rules. Can, I'm saying that this game looks great, and it's yeah. not AGA. Is what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. Well, you just made my own point. Now, this was surprising to me, boat. I don't think we mentioned this a whole lot in the original show. I didn't realize that this game got shopped around like it did. All right. This thing was on the Amstrad, of course, the Atari ST, which apparently, uh, we're not an ST show, but apparently having this on the ST and looking as good as it did and playing as well as it did was a was a minor, major miracle. Mm. Like the uh, behind-the-scenes crap was off the charts, a technical mm. marvel, all right? Um, you've also got the C64 version, which is the lead version. Now, it's funny... Uh, uh, a few web pages that I use for resources listed the uh, PC VGA version as a lead version, but I got it straight from the horse's mouth that, in fact, the Commodore 64 version was your ipso facto number one, despite the fact that the Amiga version came out first. That was their launch system was the C64. Mm. Uh, you've also got the ZX Spectrum, uh, and they even had a version of this that was compatible with the Timex Spectrum. Which wow. <laughs> give them credit on that. And, of course, the CDTV <laughs> as well. Um Oh, are you are you going to talk about the uh, the the Super Nintendo and Mega Drive releases of this game? Well, we'll, uh, we'll get to it. Okay, All right, that, we'll we'll bring up the rear with that. Okay. <laughs> um. So, um, Turrican Two. You know, we've played this game. This game comes up all the time. We've played it on streams. In fact, I looked to see how many times we played it on our channel, and we've played it a few times in streams and stuff. Mm-hmm. Poorly, I might mm-hmm. add. In fact, every time I watched us play, I turned that off. We also had one of our uh, high score challenges on this game, right? Uh, and everyone crushed us because mm-hmm. we were not good. Yes, uh, but I never, you know, the one thing I never did vote. And I don't know if you ever did, but I never bothered to know what was going on. During the right. Game. This was the first time that I actually bothered to read the backstory and yeah. view the cutscene that we're watching right now. Yeah. So I, I looked up. I got the the uh, some of the uh, sort of a snippet of how of the story from the manual here. All right. So, and I'm not going to read all of this, but just to give you a, a flavor for what's going on. So it's 3025. Okay. Uh, and the and the whole universe is ruled by the United Planets Freedom Forces. Rolls off the tongue. Lots okay? more people have purple hair. That's well. Listen, have you been outside recently? <laughs> so anyway, um, a battle cruiser rolls in. It says here, uh, the the cruiser has unknown technology. There's an explosion. 
the 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 ship is battered. Uh, you know, there's a bunch of crap that goes down, and this thing called the machine survives the carnage. Uh, and you're basically is the bad guy of the game. All right, I look at this. I've read this three times, and every time I read it, it just seems dumb. So right. all I need to know is try to you're trying to beat this thing, okay? Okay, here I, I, let, 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 the cutscene actually does a little bit better job of okay, breaking go ahead. down what happened. So all right. you've got these guys, these freedom fighters, right? right? And they're they're in position to to save the world, but then they're boarded at the last moment, right? By the the big bad guy, the okay? machine. His yeah. crew, yeah, yeah, gang. Okay, and so you're you're the the main guy whose name is like Brad McLeod or something like that. I wish Sexy. I could remember his name. It's a good it's a good hero name. It's like yeah. one of the purple hair. Uh, he, he he the the bad guy thinks that he's dead along with all the other crew, but he's not. The bad guy leaves the ship unscathed because that's what bad guys do. He hurried off. He had something else to do. And so uh, the the good guy basically just is wandering around the ship and he comes into the room where all these turrican suits are stored. And he's like, well, I know what I'm doing. So he dons the turrican suit and then he's ready to go. Show us your donning the suit move again. That's what he does. That's, that, that's how you put him on. That's, you wave the shoulders like that. You, you sort of shimmy into it. <laughs> Why don't you have one of these? Man, I wish I did. Oh my God. <laughs> I sense a Halloween costume in my future. So <laughs> I want to see you build that. <laughs> so basically, you don't need a backstory to play it, but there it is. So then you fire it up. Now, Turrican is a complex game. Let's let's face facts. You're not just what this isn't one of those games like uh, like uh, where you just walk around and shoot. Because mm-hmm. that's for suckers. And I will no. say, some of this was lost on me during the first review. I didn't understand the complexity that the game offered. Right? And I'm, I'm man enough to admit it. So, of course, you've got a guy in powered armor. So you got that. He's got a gun. Okay, Your gun has two different, ver- two different ways to fire out of the gate. Okay, mm-hmm. You can hit the button, tap the button, and then it will shoot, like, it will shoot bullets or you know, bomb, b- balls, whatever. If you hold the button... The thing, like energy, shoots out of the gun like a like a tour, like a water hose, and you right. and you have to control this thing, but you can't move. All you can do is fire. Okay, so mm-hmm. you've got those two firing options. Then you've got an option, and I, I kid you not, I bet I used this maybe one or two times before I started playing it for this show. It's the old Metroid option. Mm-hmm. If you if you if you hold the button and pull down, you will become. What basically looks like sort of like a glaive. Well, or a it, throwing it, star. It, it's it's sort of the Metroid option, but it's also sort of the Sonic the Hedgehog option. It is. Because when, when you're not you wrong, were, when you're rolling around in Metroid, you are not an offensive weapon. But in this game, yeah. you mow suckers down when you're yeah, rolling and also around. you're indestructible, which yeah. you mentioned when you're in the ball. So guess yeah. what I used a lot more of the mm-hmm. ball, Glaivovision, the glaive ball. And hey, listen, anything that turns you into something that sort of looks like the glaive, I'm on board. Right, and so also when you're in ball mode, you can drop bombs. Mm-hmm. Right, so you've got that going for you. So you've got so let's let's recap: gun that shoots, gun that shoots like a fire hose, ball and bombs. Now you also have. Are you going to talk about the 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 sort of smart bomb type thing too? This you mean the ultimate weapon? The ultimate weapon. Thank so, you. So get this, and this I was happy to read this on Moby because it was the first thing I thought of. If you hold down both buttons. Okay, or there's also you can hit the button on the keyboard. You will get like the ultra shot. Okay, and what that is is like basically you turn into a ball, you fire. It's just crazy time. It fills up the screen with, with craziness. They say this is an exact dedicated bit 
that they hort from Last Starfighter, which is what I'm all <laughs> love that movie. And the bit at the end where they actually do that is great. And so basically, this is like a, a super super fire. Yeah. I, now there is there is there is also a smart bomb in this game though. That's not that's not the crazy time thing, but it, it basically looks like two uh, shields of energy that emanate from both oh, sides wall. of you. That, 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 yeah. yeah that, that travel across the screen uh, horizontally. Yes. And so you have a limited number of those, and those clear the screen as well. So you're an offensive juggernaut in this game. Yeah. And the wall is vitally important. Mm-hmm. Until it's not. That's the funny thing about the wall. Like, for example, when you're fighting a boss, the wall didn't help you that much. So, uh, your goal is to is this aside from the fact that you're a walking, talking weapon of death. In a lot of ways, this is sort of your typical uh, European like run and gun game. Mm-hmm. Like it's and so what does that mean? It means you've got huge levels, sort of like. Uh, never-ending levels and pl- and places you can go, places you can find, lots of exploration, uh, lots of secret uh, passages, secret power-ups, all that sort of thing. Uh, the levels are huge, and you're going to fight multiple. Like you'll go, you're going to fight many bosses before you get to the level boss, and then after him, you're probably going <laughs> to go a little bit further, at least in the levels I went to. Uh, but the the levels are long. I will say when you die on the levels, this is thankfully they this is something that a lot of these things don't do when you die they put you right back where you died which that right. goes oh, man that goes a long way doesn't it Bo? Mm-hmm. because man if it you sure died does. yeah now uh painfully aside from the fact that they're huge levels and they're hard and they're ripe with villains and bad guys there's also a time limit that ticks down uh and the time limit sucks because if the time limit reaches zero that means you just basically lose a man I got mm-hmm. to the point in some of my games where I knew, I was like, okay, I'm not going to finish the level, okay? So what I would do is just stop and just let the timer run out and kill me because I knew if I didn't do that and I got killed, I would I could lose two men instead of one. You know what right. I mean? Mm-hmm. Did you ever do that? No, no. Oh, I never I did. did that, but yeah. yeah you it, that makes you sense have to, to when, you're conser- when you're conserving those extra men. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been rambling for a while here. What... You know, you we haven't played this for quite a while. I don't know how long, how much you play this on your personal time. What did you think about this coming back to it and giving it a whirl the first time out? Well, here's the thing: this is a run and gun platform game. Okay, what do you think is the most important thing in a run and gun platform game? Um, well, enemy. <laughs> The the enemies, the amount of enemies, and whether they respawn or not, that's always something I think about. The level mm-hmm. design is mm-hmm. something that's important. So those are the two things that come right off the top of my head. What do okay. you have in mind? Well, I mean, there's no wrong answers, obviously. Oh, but okay. Me, I thought there was. <laughs> for, for me, the most important thing is controls. Oh, you know, yeah. If you don't feel at home with the controls, you are not going to have success at a game like this. And part of the reason why I didn't have success in a game like this is because I did not take the time to set up the controls in the way that made sense to me. Now, you may call that cheating. You may say, well, that wasn't the game. That that wasn't the way the game was originally supposed to be played. You shouldn't do that. And I mean, that's fine. Whatever. You can say whatever you want. But the amount of fun that I had with Turrican 2 exponentially increased when I got better at Turrican 2. It's kind of funny. When you're better at a game, you tend to have more fun with it because you're succeeding. Um, So what I did was I made my second button jump. I made my first button shoot. 
and I made a third button the wall, okay? And so when I did that, I could play it like a run-and-gun game like Contra, you know, a game that I know very well. And it was great. I got so much farther in the game. I got past the first level. I was so happy to hear that you also got past the first level because I did as well. I felt so proud. Um, but if I was using up for jump, I would never have done it. I would never have been able to do it because I just, I, my brain is programmed in a way to play these games like I learned how to play them when I was eight years old on a Nintendo. Mm-hmm. So that, that to me, being able to change the controls into a way that you, you know, to where they feel natural, to where the controls basically disappear, because that's the point. The point of a controller is to make the game, is, is for the controller not to be there. It's for it to disappear, and you don't think about it anymore, and you can totally immerse yourself in what's going on in the game. So that was the big difference between Turrican 2 on our second look versus Turrican 2 on our first look, or even Turrican 2 when I played it the other day on my stream, uh, you know, a couple weeks before we were doing this game because I knew it was coming up. Um, I will say that the enemies are relentless in this game, uh, you have to memorize where they are, where they're coming from. This isn't a game that you can play on the fly. Uh, the in, in my opinion, the enemy placement is so in- intense, uh, and and they, you know, and, and the enemies just come at you so fast. You have to know these levels, and you have to know. Okay, at this point, there are so many times where you're going up a corridor in this game. And it's like the gaming gods just pour a whole glass of enemies down this corridor and here they come and (laughs) you got to deal with them and you've got to know where those positions are and you got to be ready. You've got to, your weapon choice is incredibly important in this game. Like there are some places where you want to have the spread. There are some places where you want to have the bounce. Uh, Just, you got, you got to know what to get. The third thing about this game, and this is sort of my biggest problem with this game is that the game expects you to fully explore each level. You know, in a lot of run and gun games, the 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 point of the game is to get to the end of the level, you blow up everything in your way, you beat the boss and you move on. This is your classic European style level design where the levels are one big area where you're traveling both vertically and horizontally all over the place. And there are lots of power-ups to be found in these levels. Uh, There's lots of power-ups. You can get extra men, power up your suit, uh, invincibility, extra bombs, all kinds of stuff. And unless you figure out where those things are, you're not going to be able to build up your set of abilities and extra lives so you can successfully make it through this game. Now, I'm sort of, you know, I don't want you to think that I'm putting other run-and-gun games from this era up on a pedestal. Because in a game like Contra, you don't even get that option. You know, you get your three lives. You you, you know, you get, you get a couple power-ups along the way, but it's nothing like it is in Turrican. The only people I know that ever beat Contra did it by using the old Contra code, the old 20-man code which is, you know, cheating in itself. So I'm not saying that, you know, the the games that were on the systems that I was playing in this genre growing up were miles better than Turk, and they're not. They're difficult, and they're unfair in their own ways, and they're their own types of game. This is, it's hard to picture a game doing what Turk and sets out to do better, but you have to know what's expected of you going in, and that's not always readily apparent, especially to people like me, who didn't grow up playing games from this genre. I guess that's what I'm saying. Well, I want to start back with what you said about control. Now, I played this uh, with a, uh, of course, I used my cheap, generic 
Super Nintendo wireless pad. And so I had I had it set up for two buttons. That's all. I mean, which it comes with built-in support for two buttons. I didn't do anything. Uh, and uh, I played it like that. And with two buttons and up for jump, I think up for jump works pretty good for this one, to be honest with you, for me. Now, okay. I mean, I know you hate it, but I it worked okay for me. Sure. You know, this is one of those games, and I'm going to be I'm going to be real honest here. I always disliked this game, and the reason I disliked it, and you sort of nailed this earlier, is because I was very bad at it, and I didn't understand this game. All right, and I, I'm not saying I, I'm the king of the game because I got past the first level, but what I'm saying is. I understand why people like it and what makes it fun because I actually, this week, maybe for the first time ever, I had fun playing this game. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, listen, we know all the components for fun are there. It's got great graphics. It's got the best music. It's got all kinds of crazy weapon combinations. But the fun I had, was surprising to me even, was uh, going around the levels, exploring the levels. I mean, I was trying to get out, but ultimately you're going to go places that you aren't supposed to go or you don't need to go. And it's it's very gratifying. They've done a great job of putting stuff in the game to make it to make it fun to go look around, which that that part of the game, I'm baffled that they bothered to put in a, a time uh, right. on and this the, game. The, the, that's probably one of the biggest knocks against this game is we say this all the time. If you want a key component of your game to be exploration, don't put in a time limit. Yeah, and the time now the timer's not. I mean, it's pretty tight unless you're a real pro or you know mm-hmm. your way around the levels. I think it's funny. The first time we reviewed this, I, I mentioned on the show that like, yeah, the timer never played a factor. Well, it didn't because I wasn't good enough to live long enough. But when you get good enough to live long enough, the timer plays a huge factor. Like we were saying, I would often have to sacrifice a man just to the timer, basically, and just sit there until it ran out because I knew there was no way I could finish the level before the timer ran out, and I didn't want to lose two men. You know, so, uh, that, and that's the, those are the prices you pay. But I had a lot of fun, and there's a lot of fun to be had in sort of the same way. You know, I've never been a big Metroid fan. I mean, it's, I, I used to play the original one. I thought it was okay. But I know one of the draws of it is is finding the little secret areas and the little ball aspect of this game, which I pretty much didn't use at all the first go around that made the game a lot more fun for me to try to get, get the places I couldn't normally go get extra power ups. It's the stuff that you've come to expect boat, but it's for me, it's a little bit different because I haven't played that much NES. Uh, I thought that aspect of it was fun. I really enjoyed just seeing where I could get to, you know, mm-hmm. and they, uh, and so that was a lot of fun. Now here are the things i I still think that it's too hard. I still think they're, they throw too many enemies at you. And I don't like a game with all the blind jumps that this one has. And this one's got tons and tons of blind jumps. And I, and there's no way to look down. That bothers me. I don't. I never liked that. Uh, I'll give you an example of the first level. <clears throat> Once you get past the initial part of the level where you can go up to the top of the mountain where you don't get blown off, mm-hmm. if you jump wrong, you've got to work your way all the way back around. And, it, and after you do that over and over, I hate that. I hate having to work back around. You know, that's a that's a flaw in the, the level design. And I, I know some people like it, the whole Metroidvania thing where you go back and forth in the same area. I don't like it. Um, I do like the element with the gun. The controls, you're right to a certain degree. I mean, this game screams for a, a, a controller that has more than two buttons even. Really, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, something like a Super Nintendo controller or, or a Genesis controller w- would be helpful just so, because I can't tell you how many times that I accidentally... Use those walls, for example, when I was trying to come out of ball mode, mm-hmm. stuff like that, you know, or accidentally cranked up the mega weapon when I didn't want to use it. 
you know, but that's that's sort of par for the course on a lot of Amiga games to have that try to have many, many different things going on. You're going to just screw up and get the wrong thing right. occasionally. I like the variety of weapons. I like the fact that you've got fireballs and bouncing balls. You've got all these different things. Uh, it, is it too much? Maybe. I know when you, there are certain areas where you can get like about 30 of those things pop up. And I went on the assumption that they, uh, that the creators wanted you to just pick the stuff you wanted and not just go there and grab everything and just randomly have, which is pretty much what I did. I'm sure well, people yeah, I will say it's difficult because when you yeah. hit one of those power-up blocks, I mean, you, you, you fire into it a million times at a billion things pop up yeah. and it's hard to, it's hard to really pick and choose. Uh, I always just ended up getting everything and, and then just going with it. Um, Cause it's, it's that, that part of it, like, it's cool in a way because when you see a billion power-ups pop out of a rock, you're like, man, that looks cool. And I'm, I'm getting awesome stuff. But at the same time, it would have been nice to maybe dial that back just a little bit. Yeah. There are plenty of, there's plenty of this game. In fact, the majority of it that I have not played through yeah. uh, due to the fact that I just couldn't get that far. And my goal this week was to get as far as I could without cheating, mm -hmm. which is what I did in the last time we did this. I cheated and I got to play a bunch of additional, but I sucked at all the levels and I just didn't have any fun. Right. Well, and, this and is this is not an easy game to have fun with when you cheat because yeah. there is an infinite lives code that yes. you can put in in the sound test. Uh, but when you do that, you also get infinite power. And, and, and basically all you're doing is you're just walking through the levels because you, you, there's no, there's no challenge. Cause since you, you come back exactly where you die from, I mean, you're basically just mowing stuff down and moseying through the levels. I didn't find some games when you cheat, it makes the game more fun and it actually makes it okay to play. But this is, this is not one of those games. Um, I will say that the, the stages are all unique. Uh, they all, I mean, they all offer different enemies. They don't do a lot of enemy recycling in this game. The bosses are all big and, uh, and, and different, uh, the areas that you fight in, I mean, you're, you're still sort of, you know, in caves, but they, they, they really did a good job. I think of differentiating between the stages. Uh, and of course, level three, you don't even play as your robot guy anymore. You, you're, you're, it's a, it's a horizontally scrolling shoot -em up level, yeah. which is cool. Yeah. I like when they mix games up like that. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I, I sort of had a, a revelation. You know, every once in a while, this happens to me when it clicks. And this week, probably the first time in my whole life, I get I got this game, and I really, I mean, I'm not I'm not gonna lie. When this came up a couple weeks ago, I'm like, oh, here we go again. We're gonna beat that drum again. But man, I'm so glad we came back to it because I had uh, exponentially more fun playing this this time around and I, I i definitely can see myself playing this going forward a lot more because i really enjoy it's a very unique game mm -hmm. uh, in a lot in some ways it's not but in a lot of ways it is i mean it's actually we talk about it oh it's a european this but i mean uh, it's got it's a lot more sensible and and uh less random and goofy than a lot of the european games that oh we've yeah played of this variety. you know and it's, it's certainly polished the music keeps you coming back i like the mm -hmm. level variety you know, I love all that stuff, Boat. Now, there are some wacky tidbits we want to get into here, uh, Boat. Um, <laughs> and I read this a couple of places, and I had to laugh, and I could see why it would happen. I'm sure you read this, too. So this game has a lot of uh, extra weirdness to it. For example, when uh, uh, in 1991, all right, put yourself back in Cologne. All right, they, uh, Factor 5 presented a Turrican 2 demo at a computer show in Cologne. Okay? So... They only had 900 copies to give away, all right? So many people wanted it after seeing the demo. 
that there was a riot and two people were wounded. Trying oh my to get gosh! Over this game, boat. It's like the Rite of Spring uh, premiere. I, I couldn't believe that, man. It blew my mind. Um, so that people were willing to whoop a butt to get this thing, which I, I enjoy. Now, boat mentioned this earlier uh, about the uh, the uh, Super Nintendo. Uh, or the uh, yeah, it's the it was it was yeah, uh, Super, Super Nintendo. Nintendo version, which was called Universal Soldier. Did you look mm. into this boat? Well, I know that they basically just rebranded the the main character. They changed the sprite, and then yeah. it was it was just Turrican two. Other than that, right? They were well, more or less. So there was a uh, they were working on a console port of this for the Super Nintendo. Uh, of course, they already had one going on for the for the uh, Mega Drive, uh, the Game Boy, and so but they wanted to do something. Well, right at the last minute. Um, Accolade acquired the rights to do a game based on the film Universal Soldier. Have you ever seen that film, by the way? No, I haven't. I have. It's Is got it Vi- great? It's got Jean-Claude Van Damme in it. It's got uh, uh, Dolph Lundgren, if you remember him, the really? big Russian. From, yeah, uh, I like him Rocky. from Rocky. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, it's I would not call it a great film. It's mm-hmm. okay. It's funny. I had a friend in, that I that I went to uh, that I worked with at IBM. That was his all-time favorite film for really? whatever reason. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but it's it's not the worst anyway. Uh-huh. So they got this license, and like you said, they decided, heck, we'll just turn Turrican into this. Mm-hmm. And so they did. They turned the main guy into Jean Claude Van Damme. Also, uh, Dolph Lundgren's in there somewhere. Uh, they actually put in a cup. They took a couple levels and literally put their own levels in. They changed some of the characters to be more like stuff that was in the film, like more military stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the rest is history. My favorite part of this whole presentation is I was reading this on Moby. Uh, they said Entertainment Weekly looked at this game and gave it a D plus, the Super Nintendo game. And they wrote Universal in name only. This is very reminiscent of the mediocre action game called Turrican. <laughs> Featuring the kind of dinky enemies that have plagued the genre for years, as well as a, as well as a hero who curls up into a buzzing circular saw, it's still no worse than the movies. It has absolutely nothing to do with, and so I guess they had to keep in the fact that somehow Universal Soldier can still turn into the ball. Which I that was. I, I wonder how was, that was explained in the docs. I don't know. Um, they uh, also was mentioned. I remember talking about this. Um, they've released a uh, commemorative 30th anniversary pack of this game mm-hmm. called Turrican and Flashback uh, for the PS4 and the Switch. And I believe this thing cost $400 billion. Mm-hmm. I remember us covering this one mm-hmm. week in the uh, yeah. in the news. So if, if you're real hard up, and I remember they had, it seemed like they had some problems with it as well, uh, Boat. There's definitely uh, commemorative coins involved. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. Um, this this may surprise you. I know we've got a ton of Discord action on this, but I looked at the magazine ratings to see how this did. This may surprise you. It was pretty well received. Uh, boat. Um, Ace gave this thing a eighty nine. Amiga Action gave it an eighty six. Amiga Format gave it an eighty. Uh, Amiga Joker eighty nine. So this is one time where Amiga Joker was well ahead of the rest of the well, pack. Well, it's home. It's home. It's hometown love, is what it is. <laughs> a- it's a German, gave it German developer game. See you, Amiga 95. Uh, here's another one. That our magazine gave it a 9 out of 10. I'm sure they're German. The one gave it a 91. Zero gave it a 90. The average magazine rating a 90. And then to close the book on this before we get to the Discord reviews, I looked this up on eBay, Boat. Bring your checkbook, man. We may need to sell a coloring book before we can purchase this thing. Uh, I saw these sell 
for a hundred dollars at one hundred ninety-four dollars, and people were asking far, far more. So they are not cheap, brother. This is a very, and none of the Turkins go cheap. They're all pretty pricey. Yeah. Well, these are. I mean, these are so beloved games that it, it yeah. makes sense that they would they would sell for big bucks. I will say, I've all never right. seen a game that had more magnets and posters uh, that were based <laughs> on it. So I mean, everyone's trying to get a little of the action. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Super Famicom King. Uh, never mind. He said he'd try to get it in before the deadline. There it is. Um, <laughs> we're going to start with Pajako6502. He says, Turrican 2 is one of my all-time top games. Is it harsh? Yes. Is it frustrating? Hell yeah. But there is something about Turrican 2 that I love. From the banging soundtrack to the array of weapons on offer and the ability to roll into a spiky ball and decimate enemies. Big maps that are easy to get lost in but have plenty to explore. Although I had a pirated copy of this game, I still have those pirated floppy disks because of the fond memories of playing this and, yes, completing it through to the end. True, it's not for everyone, but it certainly was for me. Nine out of ten. Jason Warns writes, exceptional. 9.5 out of ten. Dave Velociraptor writes, feels great, looks great, sounds great. Cool as anything apart from the speech. Such a polished game, but it is unnecessarily and indefensibly hard. 7.5 out of 10. Sky76 claims that Turrican 2 The Final Fight is the uh, definitive Amiga game. There you go. We just stop doing the show after this. We found the best one. There you go. We're An done. all-time 16-bit home computer classic that has aged well and offers a lot of replay value. Exploring the vast and diversified levels, enjoying the colorful graphics and smooth animations, listening to that excellent music and sound effects, the game is perfect through and through. The difficulty level is in fact easy, especially in comparison to the majority of Amiga games. After a few initial attempts, I've managed to complete this game several times, collecting an average of 30 extra lives on each way through. If not this one, then what else? 10 out of 10. Wow. Who was that again? That was doing that was that? Sky 76. Man, that guy. I need to hang with him. He knows how yeah. to play to get that many extra men. Barkbit writes, the best in the series and the best version. The Amiga truly shines here with smooth scrolling, fast frame rate, stunning graphics, and a fantastic soundtrack by the master Hulespec himself. The fact that Chris wrote his own routines to add the extra channels of sound is just mind-blowing to me. <laughs> The game holds up excellent to this day and is an absolute must-play for any newcomers. The ultimate run-and-gun game for the system. I've now run out of adjectives. Shoot or die. 10 out of 10. Explorer writes, Love the sound, graphics, music, and gameplay. 9 out of 10. Pixels at Dawn chimes in. He says, I only started playing this game because of the Amigos High Score Challenge way back when. I never played it before then. Man, did I miss out. Turrican 2 is just a really solid run-in game in the Metroid vein. It looks awesome. It sounds just incredible. The spray weapon is super satisfying every time you use it. The game is, however, incredibly hard. I think I only got to level 2 once. But it says something for the game that I could quite happily just play level 1 over and over and still have a good time. Maybe I'll get better over time. Maybe I won't. But I could quite happily just sit on the menu screen and enjoy the Hulsebeck goodness. Minus points for the timer, though, as always. 8.5 out of 10. And finally, Super Famicom King. He says, uh, recording Amiga. He's not happy we're recording Amigos on a Thursday. He doesn't have Sorry. time to kill the Amiga fanboy's favorite. Turrican, more like Turrican. 
for tonight. Let me just say four out of ten, and I'll give reasons why tomorrow. Wow. Uh, so burial uh, boat. Yeah, he is not. A, he is not a fan of Turrican two. You know. So, we, and I will remind everybody that we always post when we are recording Amigos every week on the announcements channel. And from the beginning of this week, we did announce that we were recording on Thursday. There you go. Save our butts, boat. You know, before we move out of here, I did a little pork comparison video here. Uh, between uh, the Amiga version, the surprisingly sharp DOS version of this boat. You ever tried this on the on the old DOS machine? I didn't, but I watched a comparison video that featured the DOS version, and I was very surprised at how good it looks. It looks different than it, it the Amiga looks, version. It looks better. Let's call yeah. it what it is. It looks better <laughs> than the Amiga version. It looks sharper. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the graphics are clearer. It's mm -hmm. a good-looking game. Now, I have not played the DOS version, and we know the proof's in the pudding. Right. Uh, when it comes to that sort of stuff. But I will say, they did an excellent job. Uh, this looks very, very nice. Mm -hmm. uh, and now, I agree. Part of it also, how's it going to sound? Mm -hmm. uh, uh, you right. know, so there you go. And yes, it was released many years later, as is pointed out here by uh, Awkward Artwork. I also want to mention that earlier we uh, said that that magazine was German. Uh, Barkbit pointed out to me that it was, in fact, Swedish. So there mm. you go. This is why we are not linguists or know anything about any of that stuff, Boat. That's very so true. So there you go. Turrican 2, I liked her. All right. Me too. Me too. So what do you say, Aaron? Should we take a look at the old YouTube channel and see what's been going on there? What the hey, but let's give her a whirl. You know, we've been off for a while, so we've, we're going to go through these quick, but we got a lot of ground to cover here. Um, we'll start off with myself and the Brent. You all know him. Uh, this past uh, week, the last, it was actually right before Amigathon when we did this. It was Guilty Pleasure Games Boat. Uh, and Brent picked a real oddball game called Port Man, uh, which he, I will say, he's been on about this for a while. This is a hidden gem. But he turned me on to Port Man, and I really like that game. Yeah, Port Man, hidden gem. It's an arcade game. Uh, give it a shot. Uh, it is quite a unique gameplay on this one. I went for my guilty pleasure, uh, which was Carnival Games for the Wii. It's the yes. first Wii game we've ever covered on the show. I know a lot of people don't like the Wii, but I love it, actually. I don't I think know who great. these people are. You say that all the time, and it's uh, not like you're you hardcore, see You're hardcore like... gamers. You're purists, Boat. They're not down well, with it. You, guess how much time I have for those people. Oh, that's what I like to hear, Boat. Some night you're going to come over here for a big rousing round of carnival games. I would me. love to. I would so love there you to. go. That's what we covered on uh, ARG. We had a good time. I yelled at Brent a lot. Um, we have also stuck out. A Coco show. Why not, right. Boat? Tell them what it is this time around. It is Tandy. Color baseball. Yeah. This and we had a, fun with this one, too. Yeah. The the original uh, baseball game for the Coco. Uh, the original and still the best, probably. Uh, we had a good time talking about color baseball. And, uh, and yeah, it is definitely a game that allows you a tremendous amount of freedom to do anything you want for better or worse. Yes, yes. <laughs> I would say at the time, this was my second favorite baseball but hey, you got a long road to hoe if you're going to get past Major League Baseball on the Intellivision, which is mm -hmm. a top shelf game. So, Coco Show, check that out over there. We had a lot of fun on that one, too. Um, next out of the dock here, hanging out with Bode. Who doesn't want to do that? Listen. I hung out with you a couple of times. Yeah, I had a good time. Yeah, you well, know, it's I, 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 it's usually uh, it's usually me just chilling, kicking back. Yeah playing a couple games uh this at this time through i went through and i played all the games on the various high score challenges 
Uh -huh. um, and and had a good time. I also, of course, had to close out the stream with the old Neo Turf Masters. Yeah. Uh, the uh, how'd you the do? Final... How'd you do this week, Boat? <laughs> I, I did. I did better this week than I did. I did in weeks previous, but I still yeah. actually no. This this was still a pretty. This was horrible a horrible score. week. I was, yeah, this I'll was watch a horrible this. week. The, the the one on yeah. the next stream is much better. Uh, yeah. I still only got third from the bottom though. So. Oh man, I'm well, not going to win this tournament anytime soon. Listen, Boat. My advice: if you're going to keep golfing like that, is get you a small boat. Yeah. To go out there and get them balls out, <laughs> That's out, out, right. out of the water. So it's always a good time. A little streaming with the boat. Speaking of a little streaming, I'll put this up just for kicks. We had an open night day on our schedule. This was a Friday night stream I did. And it we what I initially what I had planned on doing was indie games on the Dreamcast, but I couldn't resist breaking out my son, the Luke, mm -hmm. and getting some uh San Francisco Rush 2049 in. That's that's his game. And people, I had my room cam set up so people could watch Luke's unique play style. Yes. I, it, dancing around like an idiot. It's a very physical playing. activity when Luke is involved. Yes. And I was just telling you before we went on the air, he also plays pinball in that same way. And That's it's great, nothing, man. There's nothing more demoralizing than getting <laughs> murdered as he dances around like a goof. But that's what he did. <laughs> then we went into some more uh, Inify Dreamcast games. Let me tell you something. If you want to play some unique, beautiful shmups, this is your baby right here. Yeah. We played oh, some yeah. great ballads. That look familiar? Yeah, Turricon on the Dreamcast. <laughs> Someone sort of semi-ported it over. Okay. Uh, but, uh, man, we played some. And there's one game that comes up here. It is the most beautiful game I've ever seen on the Dreamcast. Just gorgeous. So if you're into the Dreamcast or you're wondering what the indie scene's like on there, check that out. We had a lot of fun uh, that night uh, doing that particular stream. And next on the docket, our good buddy, yes, it's Rob Flacco here, Sprite Castle. And this time out, this is the Sprite Castle Plays with Burger Time. Burger mm -hmm. Time. Uh, that's the Brent's wife's favorite game, Terry. That's yes. her game. And uh, Boat play, or uh, uh, Rob plays a couple different types of Burger Time games on the C64 here. Some of them are better than others, Boat, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. uh, but Flack always makes it fun. And I will say, uh, I listened to the Sprite Castle Burger Time that he released this past week. I very, very much enjoyed it. And Flack actually shot this sucker live, Boat. He did the video version. It's yeah, available you over can, his channel. You can check out the Jack Flack YouTube channel to watch Sprite yeah. Castle on YouTube. Very, I was glad to see him do the trick, Boat. Always, mm -hmm. always entertaining to see that. Now, the first years, this is our good buddy Frodo NL here. The first years of the TurboGrafx-16. Uh, this may alarm you, Boat, but they're good. Good years. They shocking. Good stuff. Yeah, <laughs> shocking that, that the PC Engine has a solid library. Yeah, he, uh, he. Uh, by the way, that baseball slightly better than the uh, Coco <laughs> Just uh, baseball slightly. that we looked at. Uh, you can see Frodo there, a noble, a noble man. He cuts mm -hmm. a great figure up in the corner as he goes to these games. And Frodo, he doesn't rush anything. He takes his time. If you want to watch four and a half hours of hot, incredibly hot TurboGrafx action, this is the video for you, Boat. Oh, yeah. And you will get all the good stuff. And there's plenty of interesting stuff uh, in the mix there from Frodo. Um, of course, we've got an Amigathon teaser. No reason to go into that. Now, this, this boat, I'm very excited to talk about this. This is the, really the first big offering from the Brent. Uh, in lieu of, since we didn't do a show last week, Brent released a video and it's called, I think it's the first in a series and it's called the, it's called places I played. Mm -hmm. uh, have you, have you watched this yet? I have. I've watched this. This was, I was ready to bury this guy. 
All right. I mean, I literally had the shovel in hand, boat, because you know there's nothing I like better than a good old fashioned the Brent burial. Mm -hmm. But I begrudgingly, I enjoyed this immensely. <laughs> I really did. <laughs> For starters, you get to see Brent leave our house and drive to the actual place he's talking about. So right. if you ever wonder what it was like to drive up and down our roads, this is a good indicator at the beginning of the video. And then Brent just goes into how he discovered this, like uh, some various points in his life. It was a very deep, deeply personal episode. Right. I, did, I had no idea of this particular episode uh, in, 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 the, in the life of the Brent. I'll be honest with you. I didn't know how badly his arm was hurt or any of this stuff. And I was praying that he wasn't talking about something that I did to him. Oh. Because I could feel a reverse <laughs> burial coming on. That's what I was worried about. So, yeah. Uh, but, man, this was great. And it was well-received, too, man. Mm -hmm. uh, 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 so, I got to give the Brent credit. I hope we will see more of these in the future. Yeah, uh, but this was a real fun video, and I actually the, I hate to say this too, but the Brent knows his stuff. Oh, when he yeah. gets into the technical aspects of the games he's talking about, like he goes to work. So mm. good on him. Well done, the Brent. I hate to say that, but it's true. Boat, you know there were questions and that needed answers, and you know who comes to rescue? It's me and you. Asking and me goes June twenty twenty one. What do we talk about in this one? Do you remember? Uh, well, I know we led things off with a rousing discussion on the current state of the arcade collectible uh, scene mm -hmm. and uh, how much Donkey Kong and other machines are going for these days. Uh, we answered tons of other questions, some video game related, most not, most wacky. So if you're into listening to us uh, give wacky answers to wacky questions, you can't go wrong with good old Ask the Amigos. You can't go wrong with this channel in general if you're into that, yeah. because that's all we do. <laughs> It's wackiness nonstop. I had a lot of fun filming that, by the way, mm -hmm. and it wasn't because of the adult beverage that you saw in that <laughs> in that video. Last but certainly not least, this is fresh, hot off the presses. I haven't even seen this yet because I was unavailable last night to watch this. So I very rarely miss a Sprite Castle. This is a, the Sprite Castle plays Commando game. Mm. Did you were you a big Commando guy? No, I don't mean the I, underpants. I, I uh, I missed out on. I probably played Commando in any guys three times or less in my life. Yeah. Guess what? I'm not a big fan either, if I'm honest. And part of the reason, much like Turkey too, I wasn't very good at Commando. Mm. But but uh, you know, it's still it's sort of fun, I guess, kinda. It just wasn't my bag back in yeah. the day. But guess what? I know a guy whose bag it is, and it's the Flack. Oh, He's yeah. great at these games. In, in fact, the Flack has, has mentioned. I don't know. We, I need to stop this the in front of everybody's name. The Brent is the is the only one that needs that. <laughs> it catches uh, on, man. Flack is uh he I think he said multiple times that he would like the high score theme from the C64 Commando played at his funeral. Is the casket is being lowered well, into the ground. That's that's weird. I thought it'd be I could, more I think something more like more appropriate would be like when they you know after a Looney Tunes cartoon goes off the air you know, do, 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 that kind of I think the that's, merry go round uh, fell yeah, down is the that name would, of that, that song. there you go look you yeah. could be the music coordinator at his funeral boat yeah there you go so there you go uh, uh, Jack Flack playing himself some commando going commando if you will boat that's us to the pay window my friend that's it that's we went we ran through everything right there you want to talk about what you and Neil got up to. Sure, yeah, we uh, released an episode last week all about the new craze, if you will, of uh, people investing in video games as part of their retirement portfolio, you know? Uh, is this a good idea? Is now the time to invest in video games for real? Uh, if you look at the price of things like the $1.5 million auction of the Super Mario 64 uh, CD, 
or I'm sorry, not a CD cartridge, uh, you know, you might start looking around and thinking, man, maybe I need to pick up some of these sealed games and just, you know, put them in a bank vault somewhere and put them right next to my stocks and my bonds. What do you think, man? Is now the time? You know, I watched, I watched the episode here and I really did give it a good, I don't know. It's, you know, you talked about comic books. You mentioned that quite a bit. And comic books, it was never a good time. It's mm-hmm. still not, I don't think. Unless, I mean, if you there are, there are surefire hits out there, but a lot of it, you're, it, I don't know if it's a good idea or not. Uh, but with with video games, man, I mean, the prices are so ludicrous. I don't even know. I, maybe it is. You know, maybe this is the time to invest. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I don't know. It, I, it, it, if you get into it now, it's like you're not on the ground floor, so you're going to be paying big time. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. So we, we talk about that. We talk about a computer store that has been vacant yet still full of stocks since 2001 in Norman, Oklahoma. You can actually go in there and you can look into the windows and all the displays are still there. The owner is involved in some sort of litigation. And so uh, you you see this uh, you you see a, a, you know a computer store as it was in two thousand one in all of its quote unquote glory. That's a um, weird story, you know. Yeah. And, and the thing is, two thousand one, and and it, it, I liked your opinion. You said it was sounded like the store looked as boring as as conceivably possible <laughs> in there. And I will say, looking at the pictures, I mean, listen, that's the kind of computer store that I'm like, where's all the good stuff, man? Right, Look at all that, right. you know. Uh, in 2001, it's not what I consider like prime time for uh, for the best stuff for our kind of stuff no, anyway. So, no. but I mean, still, it is it's unusual. And you're also right about the beige boxes; they look so boring. It's funny that now these beige boxes are so much; they're so over within mm-hmm. the YouTube community and stuff. Mm-hmm. Where it's like li- tripping over themselves to get them, you know. But back, I mean, I worked on all this crap, and I didn't care a bit about them. I was like, ah, oh, these are garbage. So yeah. it's weird. Yeah, yeah, um, and we talk about Defender's source code being uh, source code being uh, released to the public with or without the permission of the authors. You can get that on GitHub and compile it yourself in whatever way you choose. I bet and, without, but that'd be my yeah, guess. Yeah, and uh, and finally, we talked about the curious history of video games on vinyl. Uh, talked about the Tom the Thompson Twins adventure game that came on a flexi disc, uh, you know all kinds all kinds of wacky stuff like that. So yeah, this is a pr- pretty entertaining episode of this week in retro. If you're interested in hearing the whole thing, uh, you can either head on over to the this week in retro YouTube channel or you can subscribe to us in podcast form and whatever podcaster you choose. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed that one, but yeah. All right, Aaron. Well, as we come to the end of the show, we should probably take a second and thank all of the fine people that make this show happen. Um, We are very, very lucky to have a a huge cast of characters that support us through various means, including if you're watching right now live on Twitch, uh, you can subscribe to us on twitch.tv slash Amigos Retro Gaming and help us support us financially. If you are an Amazon Prime customer, you get one free sub a month. It costs you nothing, and it throws us a couple bucks. So feel free to use that on us if you want. Uh, We'd like to thank all of our Twitch subscribers, including Macintosh Librarian, Mitsuyama, Pints and Amiga, Daw Crabs MTG, Eeyore4077, Scumboy, Blue Jellyfish, Chronosnet, Orom, Beach Bum 7, Daedalus 75, Super Famiking, Negsol, Uber Scuba Diver, Explorer, Captain Chaos DK, Memories of a Spectrum Gamer, Jigglebox, Peeplo, Luminate 08, Gary Heather, Am I Steph, Made by Legends, John Marshall 3, Monzames, 
Buck Owens, Dragon Banes, OZ, Dave Velociraptor, Alley Cat, Still Adolescing, Wing Chun Wolf, Blue Train, History Chick 1558, Frodo NL, Matt Dufort, and Wide World of Retro. Thank you guys so much for subscribing to us on Twitch. Thanks, y'all. All right, Aaron. Now, two weeks ago. Oh, before we get into the Patreon song, we want to thank we have a new Amigos Game Selection Committee member, Aaron. Someone has joined the illustrious group of people at the tippity top of the Amigos Pyramid, and that person is McChessers. Mitch. Very good, sir. Welcome aboard. Be yeah. kind, my friend. Remember, we love you. We also have a new supporter, David Hearn. So we welcome him into the fold. Welcome, David. Now, Aaron, last week, the uh, song, the Patreon song was The Letter by The Box Tops. You know, I like the Joe Cocker version of that one myself. That's a, I love that. Love the yeah. live version. Yeah, it's a good one. I recognize that one right off. Yeah. Uh, Mitsuyama got it. Paul Kitching. Rob O'Hara. Barkbit. David Z. Eric Nelson. Jigglebox's wife, Clogglebox, and Paul Marfleet. Clogglebox? Clogglebox, yeah. <laughs> she wears clogs. Maybe she's involved in Appalachian clog dancing. Now, see, that would be awesome. I would yeah. love to see that. Yeah, you don't see clogging as much as you used to. Remember I brought clogging up one time and you mocked me. You're like, nobody does that. Well, That's was a West Virginia staple. <laughs> You know, when I was a kid, I used to go to Vandalia, and it seemed like everybody and their mother was out there clogging. Yeah. I don't Everyone know tries. Yeah. It de depends on how much Vandalia wine you've got. You, everyone's a clogger <laughs> one day a year. You know, um, Paul Marfleet points out that Alex Chilton, the lead singer of the Box Tops, was only 16 when he recorded that. He did good. He did, he did good. good. Yeah. All right. So. If you know the answer to this week's Patreon song, send me an email at john at amigospodcast.com. Here we go. David Hearn, Machester's Chris Edwards Ramo, K. Ram OK, David Terrace, Jude Carlos, Matthew Mobius, Phantom Magnus, Seth Yates, Alistair, Fiend Christian Russo. David Z, George Rosansky, The Amiga Show, Daniel Crabtree, Super Fami King, Crazy Loomis, William Venter Scott, Heavy Systems Inc., Bundy Fraglord, Mark Byland, Olaf Hopermski, Jonah, aka Simulant, Alien Breeder, Dave Velociraptor, Cal Bird Boy, Lane Denson. Luke Hudson, John Cook, Bomb the Base, Frodo NL, Solon Sizer, Tech, Major Jurgen, Mr. Cola, Bernard Lucas, Jerry Dennington, Zorglub Reflection, Simon Ledge, Cap'n Crispy, Killer Bites and Caffeine, Gary Heather, Free Lunch, Kate Fox, David Pigford. Cameron Armstrong, Andy Jones, Lobster Minator, 10 Minute Amiga, Retro Cast, Bernard Quinn, RMC, Tim Drew, Simon Rose, Joseph Harrison, Kyle Rob O'Hara, Matthew Laramore, Andy Craig, Sean Zoe, Barkbit, Roland Burke, Andrew Monks, Joe the Zombie, Leaf Kilan, 
Alan Kebab, Chekote, Level Lord John Marshall, Matthew Perrone, Ricky DeRocha, Creepy Dead Boy, Figgy, CTZ, Chris Foles, Lauren Giroux, Graham Bebke, Adam Battersby, O'Brien's Retro, and Vintage Gary, Hucker Paul Harrington, Duncan Styles. Tapes from the crib. Josh Nat, Adam Bradley, Jonas Grulo, THT, Eric Nelson, Kim, Tommy Humbertstad, Daniel Bingston, Brutal Barracuda, Darren Coles, Jason Warns, Pixels at Dawn, and Kjolbjorn Barman. That's a very reserved performance this evening, but. Thank you. I'm that saving was... my strength for the full band performance next week. Oh, Lord. Well, I mean, listen, <laughs> I don't have a problem with it. You, at no point that I beg for death. So I'd say that's a winner, but don't know the oh. song, though. All right. Well, uh, if you know it, John at AmigosPodcast.com. Next week, Aaron, we are going to take a look at Gremlins 2 on the Amiga. Hmm. Gremlins 2, a wacky, wacky movie. I think I played that on the uh, Atari 8 bit, I believe. I think that, that, yeah, I think you might have. I think you might yeah. have. So I mean, it's been a long time ago. Hey, before we go, do is there any update on any of the uh, uh, high score challenges? Oh, yes. We should talk about the old yes. high score challenges. Thank you for reminding me. Uh, so, in the Amigos high score challenge, we are still keeping it real with the old demon table on slam tilt. We're keeping it real. We are definitely keeping it real. I'll tell you who's definitely keeping it real. Freaking Barkbit with a score of over 1 billion, Aaron. Yeah. What a more, machine. Yeah, he is uh he is he is more than double the second place person. I'm bringing up the rear as usual in 7th place. So uh feel free to contribute to the Amigos high score challenge. Can you play that on your new setup boat? I can. I can oh, play go. anything. Maybe you'll do better that way. Maybe so. Why don't you submit a score, Aaron? Everybody wants to see your pinball skills in action. Okay, I'll do it. Um, and on the other side of things, we have turned the page and introduced a new high score challenge on the ZX Spectrum. It's Starquake, Aaron. Starquake. We did that one, didn't we? We did them all. Yep. They they do the high score challenges based on games we played on our oh, Sinclair. Good. So... Uh, feel free to submit a score to either one of those on the old Amigos Retro Gaming Discord server. You can become a member of the server by supporting any of the shows, including Amigos, The Coco Show, Ars and Clear, 1200XL, ARG Presents, Sprite Castle, or Pixel Guide In will get you in. So uh, we thank all uh, the fine folks, including our high score chiefs, Frodo and Ellen Hermsky, for keeping those running. Keeping it real. And we want to give one more big shout out to all the fine folks that have joined us live on Twitch today. We do record the show normally on Fridays, but we're doing something different this week because I'm going out of town. I'm going to the fine town of Wheeling tomorrow to visit my sister and her family. I'll be gone for the weekend and uh, it'll be it'll be a good time. So uh, we got Duncan styles and pixels at dawn are fantastic moderators they keep the, the they keep the ball rolling they keep the band hammer swinging they know how to do it and in the chat we've got amiga cami with us amiga live awkward aardvark bark bit beach bum bitstorm blow jellyfish commander root data dog uk dave velociraptor demo scene tvs with us Eor four zero seven seven frodo nl hseiken herziger 
Jason Warns, John Drill, Kasserin, Kim Tommy One. I wonder if that's Kim Tommy Hoomerstad. Mm-hmm. L. Curtis Boyle. All oh, hail. hail. Mitsuyama, Mr. Cola, Nag Graham. That's Graham from the Norwich Amiga Group, one of our uh, uh, sponsors of Amigathon. Orom, Ostrix, Picard 2010, R Typer, Rob O'Hara, Ron Zerosentil, Super Tech Boy, Tom Toms, Trap Shot Live, VNK, Vigoro Pros, Wide World of Retro, Wishbone, Explore, and Z9K9. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us this evening. Yes, thanks a lot, y'all. All right. Well, uh, I guess that's going to wrap things up for Amigos this week. We will see you next time with Gremlins 2. Until then, adios. adios.